Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Here by the Owl Podcast is now creating exclusive content over on Patreon. All you have to do is download the Patreon app, search Here by the Owl Podcast, and subscribe. Each month, you're going to get exclusive content just for being a patron. Also, the really cool thing is all of our patrons receive a free gift in the mail. Can't wait for you to join us. We're excited today to talk about this. I feel like hydroponics has been a topic on our wish list for a really long time. And uh, we get more and more people asking about it. So when we were brainstorming, like who, who could talk about hydroponics, there was only one name that came up and that was you, Mel. So we're so excited uh, for those of you listening and watching um, to, to be here with our friend Mel Phelps. Um, before we get into content, why don't you um, introduce yourself and tell everyone um, a little bit about where you teach uh, and a little bit about your teaching background. Sure. So uh, my name is Melvin Phelps or Mel Phelps. Uh, I teach at Lowville Academy and Central School uh, in northern New York. Uh, our claim to fame is uh, we get over 200 inches of snow a year in the wintertime. Uh, so and we have more cows than people in northern New York here in our county. So we have the world's largest cream cheese factory in, in our town. Uh, so Philadelphia cream cheese is uh, made right here in Lowellville. Um, and the only bowling pin factory in the United States is right here in our town too. So uh, it's pretty exciting. So uh, we are a, a pre-K through 12 uh, school district uh, in one building. We have approximately 1,400 students pre-K through 12. So we graduate uh, right around 100 to 120 kids, sometimes 85 if it's a small class. Uh, I teach uh, both middle school and high school. Uh, we are a three-teacher department. Um, I teach uh, sixth grade agriculture, so every sixth grader gets 10 weeks of ag with me. And then uh, one of my teaching partners, Amy Bayer, she teaches eighth grade agriculture. And uh, for high school, I teach, uh, I'm a case master teacher, lead teacher. So I, uh, I, we offer AFNR, APT, Ag Power and Technology, Animal Science are the three high school classes that I offer. And then uh, we also offer a veterinary science class. Uh, and those are the four high school teachers that I teach. And then I have sixth grade agriculture. Uh, Amy offers food science. She has a couple of sections of food science. Uh, she was hired as a, an ag teacher to replace our family consumer science teacher. So she teaches seventh grade family consumer science, the case food science for high school, and then our eighth grade ag, like I said. And then our business teacher is also a certified ag teacher as well. Um, our enrollment here, uh, just in my classes, I see about 60 high school students uh, and about 110 sixth graders throughout the year. Uh, and they are absolutely my favorite. I've been teaching 25 years. This is my second year teaching sixth grade. Uh, I always taught eighth grade before, and then we switched some things around. And I absolutely love the sixth graders. Uh, it takes us a lot longer to get through things, but, uh, and we go step by step, and they need a lot of hand holding, but not once in a year and a half have I had a sixth grader come in and say, oh, what are we doing today? You know, they're just excited about no matter what we're doing. And so I just love that energy. We have a at very active FFA chapter. Uh, we've um, had several state officers and uh, we're going to nationals this year for food science, competing in food science. Um, and so we average uh, between 80 and 85 FFA members in our program. Um, and so we're building that with the with Amy being on our second as our second ag teacher as well. So, uh, and surprisingly, we have a majority of our students are middle school or majority of our FFA members are middle school. 
my my classroom is the last classroom in the middle school before the high school. So I only see high school students down here if they're coming to my room, but I see every sixth, seventh, and eighth grader walking by my doorway all the time and through my animal lab and greenhouse. And so uh, we have a large middle school FFA. Um, so um, that's about it. Uh, my wife is an ag teacher as well in the neighboring district. And uh, so um, we're pretty excited and I'm excited to talk about hydroponics. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I feel like you have such a wide like diversity in your program. Um, and that's also a lot of sixth graders. I don't know that I could 126 graders. Well, I, I, I only get 20 at a time. So that's good because I only have them for 10 weeks and then I rotate through. So <clears throat> I only have to keep them um, entertained for 10 weeks and I can do the same thing over and over again. So I'm using the, the new case AgX curriculum, which I really like. Uh, Amy and I are splitting that between sixth grade and eighth grade. Um, so because she only sees the eighth graders, she sees every eighth grader for 10 weeks as well. So we're kind of splitting that between between the two. So um, it's really it's really cool and uh, it's working well. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Nikki and I both attended um, and got certified this summer, too. So I really like that curriculum um, also. But um, so I'm excited to hear about hydroponics because we have hydroponics in my program, but um, I'm not always the best at like keeping things alive and knowing what to do. So I'm excited to hear from you. So why don't you kind of start out by explaining like how your setup is and um, how you got started? I, I know you have like several grow towers. So yeah, so you know, I am not a plant person. I am probably the farthest person that you could find from plants. I'm an animal guy. We show cattle, we do all that stuff. Um, and I am not a plant person. And I have, uh, uh, if I was a little bit more mobile, uh, I'd be able to show you our greenhouse. We have a lean to greenhouse uh, and our greenhouse is about 10 feet away from the school. It goes out 10 feet and it's about 20 feet long. So it is very small. Uh, I can fit about four kids in there at a time. And for years, we did the traditional greenhouse stuff. We started seeds and we did seedling sales. And then um, we were competing with a lot of local greenhouses and not being a plant guy, they weren't necessarily the best looking plant. You know, so our plant sale was not very successful. We were throwing away some plants, just, I mean, like marigolds and tomatoes and stuff like that, because everybody, you know, was flooded with it with other greenhouses. So I said, all right, enough of that. And I did away with the with the seedling sales and I went to houseplants because we could do propagate those and do cuttings and that sort of stuff. I could figure that out, right? Like you cut it off, stick it in dirt and you let it go. Uh, so I always felt like, um, and I got this from my wife too, you know, the, the plants we always sent out of here did really well because if they could live through my students and me trying to grow them, they're like very hardy, like the survival of the fittest, right? So if they made it through my students, then they were doing really well. Uh, so th they were healthy ones. So then I got sick of taking all these brood plants home because I, I didn't want to come in every two or three days. And I liked shutting my greenhouse down in the summer times and just let it bake. And then I never had any issues with insects or anything like that. So then I got, so I took all these house plants home and they'd be all over my porch and I'd be watering them. And I got kind of tired of that as well. And I did that for several years. Um, and probably within the last five years, I decided about five years ago that um, I was sick of dirt in the greenhouse soil. Um, we have some raised beds outside. So we, we still do some stuff with those, but we buy all of our seedlings in. And our greenhouse is 100% hydroponics. I had one little table that I had gotten a grant for. Um, and had set that up and um, I decided I'm, I'm going all hydroponics, keep it clean, keep it easy. We can shut it down at the end of the school year. We can start it back up. We can rotate crops through there. Kids can see the end results because it is such a, a fast pace um, growing season with them and so, so high intensity. Um, and so we switched it over to all hydroponics um, and we wrote a grant through, uh, through New York State and received three of these towers. 
and they were slicker than snot on a kid's upper lip. I mean, they're they're pretty good. Uh, They're pretty foolproof or Phelps proof as I like to, like I tell my students. Um, But, you know, the other thing is hydroponics has such a quick turnaround that if you mess up, you can start all over very quickly and still see a good result, right? And so that I really like that too. Um, and we can grow things and eat it and do all that in the greenhouse. You know, I felt like when we were doing plants, you know, cuttings or that sort of stuff, like where was the excitement? Well, you're, well right. And your first group of kids maybe did a cutting and then they were gone before they ever see, see the result when you're, you know, propagating and. Right. Well, and, and I used, uh, I used to do that with, I used to have a plant science class and my enrollment was down with that maybe because I'm not, you know. But uh, so I, I got rid of that when I got certified in ag power and technology. We're, we're not, a sh- I don't have a full shop, but I did the training for APT. Um, and that's probably my favorite class to teach. And so when I did that, I incorporate hydroponics into uh, AFNR. Uh, so my freshmen get to do it. And with the case curriculum, there is... Um, for the middle school, there's the gardens that, that the students put together and they grow cucumbers and radishes and lettuce with their gardens and the trellis. Well, I've adapted that and we grow beans. And we grow beans hydroponically in the grow towers. So um, because we can harvest those within the 10 weeks that I have them in class and we still can them like you would pickles and we call them dilly beans. And so students still can go through that process of planting the seeds. And so I modify it a little bit so that we use, we talk a lot about pH and water quality and that sort of thing um, for hydroponics. So, um, so I incorporated that. So. I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes we feel like we get this curriculum, right? Whether it's case or anything out there and you don't want to stray away from it because you feel like you're not doing it justice. Um, but with a little creativity, I mean, you can totally modify it for what you're doing in your classroom, what makes sense to your area, to your state. And so that's a that's a really good reminder. So because, um, yeah, we knowing what you're talking about since we just did that training this summer, um, I didn't think sitting there, I didn't think of that. So um, that's cool to see. Now, let walk us through like how do you engage your students in the hydroponic process? Because I went, I had a traditional greenhouse. I did have a tower like yours. And I, I mean, Mel is not lying. I am not a plant person too. And I kill plants left and right, but we had great success with our grow tower. So walk us through like how you engage your kids in the process of growing and harvesting using your hydroponic system. So it's kind of two stages or uh, two two different avenues. So the first is in our AFNR class. Uh, we have a couple of the, the towers. Now we have, I think, 13 or 15 of these towers total, um, which they all don't fit in my greenhouse. Um, but uh, so we use probably three of them in my AFNR class. Uh, and then we have a wall system that one of my students built that's on the wall because it's a lean-to greenhouse. So the outside wall of the school has a system of um, PVC pipes that go back and forth. Uh, and so we can grow plants that way too to use that space. So um, my AFNR students and my classes, I'm really lucky in that uh, about 12 is my my max class right now i've got like 16 and 17 in animal science and um in apt but um so i have relatively small classes uh for afnr um sometimes and so we have three of these towers that we keep here um but the rest i have a group of six young ladies uh they just happen to be young ladies that all live in the village and they needed an sae and so uh, we started two years ago and they wrote several grants because I had three of these to purchase the other nine towers and they run about $1,200 a piece. So part of their SAE was they wrote the grants, got the funding 
we got more of the towers. And um, currently every middle school science teacher has a tower and they go in and they do the lessons with the middle school science classes. Uh, so sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And so their SAE is, is ag education. They each are responsible for two of the towers. And so they go into the classes uh, in our middle school science classes and help the teacher set them up and get them running and work with students and get them started on their project. And then they check in weekly with them. The other uh, towers that they utilize, we rotate them through our elementary school. These towers are all on wheels, so we can push them from classroom to classroom. And so last year we uh, had exposure only the second half by the time we got everything together. Uh, we had exposure to about 300 of our elementary classes, our students, um, and they would take it into a classroom. They would set it up with the class do a lesson on hydroponics and growing plants. And then kind of the same thing, they would stop in once a week, work with the teacher, work with the kids, uh, get a car harvesting out of them, and then they'd move them out and move them to the next class and start all over. So they did that several times uh, last year in the spring, and we had a great uh, um, results from that. Um, and we actually, one of our sources of funding was um, a Living to Serve grant. So we got $3,000 for a year long, I think it was $3,000 for a year, year long project. And so that was their year long project was uh, to buy three towers. Um, and our FFA chapter kicked in the rest because they're a little bit more than that. Um, and so that's how we keep that. So that it provides students an SAE opportunity. Uh, our goal is we have one of these for every grade level. We have four to five, between four and six teachers at every grade level from pre-K through fifth grade. So our, our goal is to have one in every grade level so that by the time students get to me in sixth grade, they know the hydroponic system and how it works. And then when they get into high school as well, then that interest will carry into hopefully taking an ag class and being involved in agriculture and FFA. I feel like that's such a cool project. So because, I mean, kind of deviating from our our uh, notes here, but I have a couple questions. So first off, for those that maybe are listening to this on the podcast and not seeing the Grow Tower, where do you get yours from? And like, what ones have you liked the best? So the, the ones that I have are, uh, they're uh, Grow Tower Flex is what they are. Uh, GrowTower.com, I believe is the, uh, the website, uh, Dwayne um, McCarthy is who I use, and he's awesome. I send him pictures all the time. Hey, it's doing this. This is what my, what's happening, and, and he replies back. Um, and so I'm sharing a Google slideshow um, for the National Ag in the Classroom Conference this past June. It was hosted here in New York, and I did a workshop on uh, the grow towers. And so... Uh, the last slide on that Google slideshow is also the website and his contact as well um, for information on ordering them and that sort of stuff. I don't get a kickback. I wish I did, though, because <laughs> I talk so highly. You would think that I got a kickback, but, you know, you should. Just... that's like the new thing. Like, you got to call him up and say, like, can I get an affiliate link? Right. M maybe if I don't know, maybe if I was more popular on the talk, you know, and <laughs> I could you know, have sponsorships and stuff, but. Uh, Maybe this is, this is where it will start. You oh. send him this podcast and you will say like, he, I'm famous now. I need, I need a f affiliate link. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because we, they asked me to do the workshop twice. So um, in Saratoga at the Ag in the Classroom conference, and we, we were full both times. So 160 people. I actually loaded up all 13 of these towers into my cattle trailer and drove them three hours to Saratoga. And that was the workshop was they had uh, like 15 minutes to put it together. They had the directions and they worked as a group of like six or seven and they had to put them together in that, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. And they, they were able to do that. So that was really cool. We saw pictures of this and first off we just thought they came to your program until like the more pictures we saw like this isn't like this isn't where mel teaches <laughs> and i was but the, if you would have seen the photo you guys it literally looked like 
he just rolled him outside on some pavement outside his classroom because who on earth hauls all these grow towers, you know, across the state? But Mel does. Um, but there, there I will was say, one. There was one that even had plants in it, so I could show them, and it was full of plants. And I strapped that puppy right into the <laughs> livestock trailer, and we took it, and it survived. <laughs> well, and the best part about them is, is you can, and if you Google like grow towers, hydroponics units, you can get them from all over the place. I have one similar to yours. It wasn't from the same company, but it really is user friendly. Like I am also really bad at plants. But middle, like middle schoolers can handle putting it together if you wanted them to. Um, it is very easy to use, um, very intuitive. Some you can buy, and they're really complicated, and you do not get the success that you... And not to mention they look fun. So those of you watching on YouTube, you can see the lights coming down. And when it's lit up, like it is fun. Um, oh, yeah. And it really is a great talking point. Yeah, they look like an alien, kind of. They do. So that's, uh, you know, I can share that there so you can check it out on YouTube. But it's uh, it's pretty light. And uh, it's kind of cool when, when those are lit up and there's different windows going all the way across the elementary school. And you can tell who has hydroponic systems going on. And they're like, what are all those lights? And they're all LEDs, so they're pretty efficient as well. And so, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. So. Yeah, and the base, um, the base is just one big like jug, basically. Like it's just and it holds all the water, and it's on wheels, and it honestly is like a diamond in the rough when it comes to hydroponic systems. I also owned another one from a different company. I will not mention their name, and I didn't mind it, but my grow tower was my favorite and it fit out the door and we would roll it in the lunchroom. And so we chose to have one in the lunchroom because some of our plants were donated to the lunch program. So kids were like sitting and eating lunch that was produced in the grow tower that was right there. And so super fun. And it's actually relatively quiet. Um, like I, I had mine right in my classroom when I was teaching. And so um, it, it didn't affect me teaching or students learning either so well and this one's running right now i don't know how loud or if you can even hear it or not but the one that i have here is running right next to me it's two feet away yeah so. i mean and, i hear the water running it. but it's not yeah it's it's actually pretty relaxing i won't lie like i would get to school early and i had it set to turn off like right when school started the one that we were doing that one time and so i would be sitting and it would be the, those lights on my classroom lights were off so people wouldn't think that I was in there at seven in the morning and just hearing the water running. It really was just relaxing. So um, lots of cool things. I would not have considered having it in the elementary like you did. What a fabulous SAE, um, an opportunity that those kids wouldn't have maybe not had otherwise. Um, so uh, we could end the podcast right now and people will have gotten great things from it. But you mentioned <laughs> a few activities that you do with the kids um, it's one thing to just write a grant and get the, get the grow tower. It's a whole other thing to implement it in the classroom. So what are some fun activities or labs that are easily implemented for a teacher who maybe even hydroponics is a step outside their comfort zone? Well, so I spent a lot of time when I say a lot of time, uh, like a 40 minute class period talking about pH and how pH affects things. And so, um, because we, the sixth graders test the pH, they come with a, a pH test kit um, where it's really easy. There's a little vial in it, and then there's a dropper with a solution and they put five milliliters of water in and five drops, and then you swirl it around and then they match the color. And then, so, you know, we talked about that. And so what we do is, the towers have six cans. Each layer is called a can or seven cans. I'm sorry. It's the, I have the basic kit and then I have the extension that comes with the light and then two extra cans to make it a little bit taller, but then they fit out the, the door very well. And I have seven groups because I, if I have 21 kids is the max for my sixth graders. So every group has, I have seven groups, three kids in a group. Every group has a can. So they plant their own seeds and we plant them in rock wool uh, in these little containers that they come like clamshells. Um, really, the toughest part I've had 
is getting this getting them started uh, once they get started um, they do really well uh, but I have a tendency to put too much water in them because I don't like coming in on the weekend you know what I mean like I don't have a barn with live that animals makes me here feel so good because <laughs> you would think like germinating a seed should be pretty easy honestly I would go through so many and I could never give it to a kid like I would give it to a kid and there's all of them would germinate beautifully and then there's mine nothing because and i would follow the directions to the t but i'm i'm also not a plant person so that makes me feel really good because i was yes. like maybe this is just not meant to be and, and we've tried germinating them in the towers putting the rock wool in and germinating them right in the towers and that i feel like we've had just as much success rate the same percent germination rate as we do in the clamshells separately and so There's I mean, a good I've got a science fair project. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, they were telling me that I had too much water in there. So we did some research and um, the kids did some research and they put uh, so it was like a mold. So they mold and so they sprayed some peroxide on it because that's what they found. Um, and that seemed to help with the mold. But we'll see if they germinate or not. I was I kept kept too much water in them because I didn't want them to dry out. When I was doing that, they had too much water. Like, it's like, uh, last thing I'm going to do is carry trays of like uh, rock wool home to water them. And I live 15 miles away. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's not convenient necessarily to always come in every day to check on those things. And I, I know a lot of ag teachers do that. And, and sometimes I do that, but you know, um, sometimes it's just nice to stay home for the weekend too. So that's the, the, that really is the toughest part because once we get it in the system, um, they, they grow like crazy. So, yeah. So, um, and so students, uh, my sixth graders for them, they have greenhouse duty one for one week. And so they check the pH and add pH up or down. They, uh, they do that on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, and then they make observations on how the seeds are doing or how the plants are doing. I do some cool stuff when I work with them and I buy purple beans and green beans and I don't tell them which kind they got. So then like it's starting to grow and some of them are like this dark, almost black. And they're like, we think it's dying. Our plants have something. And I'm like, it's okay. So it's fun. To, it's, it's good to have fun with them once in a while, you know? So, but, uh, but like you said, uh, there's a, there's a container in the bottom and that's about 20 gallons. The, the container is about 20 gallons in the bottom. And on the slideshow that people can access as well, um, there's a, a sheet, the build sheet of like all the layers to it. So you can see the wheels are on its, their own separate tray. And then there's a base that sits on it. And that base is about 20 gallons. And so what we do is uh, the hydroponic system behind me, the tower, both of these, they're set up. We have fertilizer in them. And... There's a fertilizer A, oh, that's the B, fertilizer A and fertilizer B, and you you follow the directions, and the directions are uh, 400 milliliters of A. You're going to mix it up. Uh, we typically, we mix it right into there. We add A, we rinse out the container, then we add B. You don't put A and B together in the measuring and then dump it in because they'll counteract each other, but you can do them one right after another. Um, don't know why I'm not a scientist either, but that's what the guy told me. And so that's what I do. Uh, SUNY Potsdam, the state university uh, up in Potsdam, New York, they have a greenhouse. They don't have an agriculture program, but they have a greenhouse for their biology department. And I went to a training there and they have about 40 of these that are about 15 feet tall. They just, they go up to the center of the greenhouse. And so that's where I got, that's where I felt comfortable using the hydroponics because for the first time, somebody didn't tell me all the science behind it. And I got lost right there, like 200 milliliters of this, 200 milliliters of that, mix it up, pour it in there. You're good to go. And I was like, and it's, okay. I mean, like, this is a great time to teach PP with your kids. Right. And, and walk them through this but it's not like you're gonna go bug bomb the greenhouse and then you have to be the one to do it like 
I, I had kids all the time use it. I when you held up the bottles, we did have the exact same one. And it like I need an affiliate link, dang it. No, but it is so it is so fun. Yeah. It and is. for once you feel like a plant person. Yeah, you know, like when stuff goes well, you feel really good about it, right? You know, it's like, hey, I went I earned my check today. <laughs> Sometimes things are a complete bomb. Uh, and I've had lots of those days too. But uh, so so once once we get them mixed in like this and, and the water running, because I like to run them for a couple of weeks while the germination is happening, um, and then we get the pH and, and we tweak in the pH. And really, you test the pH, right? And you get, you know, if it's 4.3, you have two little bottles of pH up and pH down. And, and at first, if you got to go quite a ways, you know, we'll pour some in. But if you're just adjusting it a little bit, we just use a cap full. And the biggest thing with the pH is you can't add some and then test it and be like, oh, we need to add more. You have to add it and then come back a couple hours later and test it again a couple hours later or the next day. Or I have kids come back during their lunch or at the end of the day to test it. Oh, we need some more. Otherwise, if you just keep adding it until it really gets mixed in and has a chance to work, um, all of a sudden you're going to be really on the other end. So you got to add that pH up and down because pH is so important. I refer to it as my student to my students as, you know, if you're not feeling well, you don't necessarily eat the way you should, right? If you're sick, you know, you're like, ah, nothing tastes good. Nothing looks right. And so pH is kind of like that for plants, right? If their pH is, it's, it's almost like their temperature. If their pH isn't in that range um, of 5.5 to 6.5, they're not going to pull the nutrients, the nitrogen, the phosphorus, and out of, out of the water, and they're not going to use it. So that pH is really important, and probably the most important thing to be testing for uh, with the, with the hydroponics. Um, and it always it blew my mind. I didn't realize until this. I'm not a science guy. I'm not a plant guy. I don't know what kind of guy I am, but I'm not a plant guy. I'm not a science guy. But it blew my mind with. Um, when I started teaching AF&R with Case, that the difference between a seven, a pH of seven and a pH of six, six is 10 times more acidic than seven, right? And it's kind of exponential. So from six to seven is 10 times. If you go down to five, it's a hundred times more acidic. And if you go down to four, it's a thousand times more acidic than the seven. So it multiplies as it goes down. So I tell kids, you can't be like, uh, it's only it's only two points off. It's not that big of a deal. That's a hundred times more acidic. That's huge. You know, and so, you know, talking to, about that, they're like, I never knew that. Even my high school kids, you know, they know what pH is. They've heard about it, but nobody's ever explained that to them. So, um, so, so we, we watch the pH. We test pH twice a week. Um, the lights come on a timer. The water pump uh, is just in the bottom reservoir. And what it does is there's a tube. When you connect those cans together, there's a tube that goes right up the center. And then it kind of rains down on top of the rock wool. And so they now come um, with just a, a timer that is set up. Um, and it turns on for five minutes every 45 minutes. So it's five minutes on, 45 minutes off, and it's automatic in the timer. So you just plug that in. Um, there are two outlets on the timer. And so my students have plugged the lights into this timer as well. And then they can't figure out why the lights don't come on when they need to. The lights have their own timer up on top. And so we set those so that they come on for um, 14 to 18 hours. Uh, they come on. A lot of teachers actually like them to come on um, more in the evening. Um, so we try to do that so that they do get some, um, especially in the winter time. It's not very sunny here with all the snow we get. And so um, we try to have them come on like at three o'clock so that they're because they're they are so bright that they can be a deterrent for for students or we have them come on in the middle of the night and then they shut off at like 8 a.m. So, um, but uh, what I do is 
the students have set up five gallon buckets. It's got an FFA emblem on it. And then they've developed a cheat sheet that has everything that they need, how to test the pH um, and it's laminated. And so the pH up and down goes into the bucket and the A and B goes into a bucket and the measuring cup, everything goes into the bucket. So that goes to the classroom. We got a great big FFA emblem slapped onto the side of it. Um, the other thing that is very helpful with these is that we, because they're white plastic, we record things um, using a dry erase marker. We write right on the towers. So, you know, what group it is or what they planted and that sort of thing. Um, so the other thing is the, the website uh, for the grow towers, regardless if you're using the grow towers or not. Uh, they have some educational websites or educational resources there as well that are free uh, for elementary all the way through high school where they can um, access those and there's some worksheets for elementary and that sort of thing. So, Well, so you've mentioned a few different things like different supplies that you need. So like the pH up and down, the rock wall. Um, is there anything else that you feel like art supplies that you need, I guess. And then like, where do you get your seeds? What have you grown in the past as far as supplies go to? So supplies, um, we go through, um, we go through a lot of pH up um, as opposed to pH down. The, just the water that comes out of our, our school here is just a little bit. So we, we use a lot, of, I believe it's a lot of pH. That, that goes to show you right there, the kids do it. So I think it's pH up that, I'm trying to think of which bottles are, are all uh, empty sitting in the greenhouse. So, <laughs> so but we order on Amazon. Um, and so I, would, I wouldn't get crazy with that stuff. I would see what you use. You're gonna use the A and B. Um, and I and I get that right from Grow Tower, and I'm sure you can get it from other sources as well. I get it from them because because it's labeled A and B, and they're not the the value of them. You know, the A fertilizer is a two zero zero for the nitrogen, phosphorus, you know what I mean, and the B is a zero one three. So it's not huge, you know, amounts of fertilizer that you're putting into there, um, but what we did was the little jugs for pH up and down and even the smaller ones of A and B, we've saved all those so that when we run out of those, we bring them back here and we refill them from a gallon size so that we're not sending gallon sizes to classrooms and elementary rooms and that sort of thing. Um, so that is helpful. Um, we, we purchased, you know, when we bought them, when I, once we got up to 10, 11, 12, uh, I said to Dwayne, I said, we're going to need more pH kits. Uh, we buy the pH kits. I know we have LabQuest, so I have my high school students. We'll use those. But the kit themselves with the droppers, they're like six bucks a piece, and they'll last quite a while. So those are nice to send to the elementary classes. So we buy those and the refill for them. They're like six bucks, like I said, um, for, the, for the refill on those. And I asked Dwayne to throw in a couple extra pumps so that um, we had those of something burnt up and we have had to replace a couple of those. Um, but, you know, it's pretty cool when we grow things, the, the roots go all the way down into that bottom tote. And so into that bottom tote, and actually I've had to go in and cut the roots in that bottom container because they were getting sucked up into the pump. And so that was our problem. So I've had to pull those roots out because they were so big. Uh, we've had really good luck with beans. Uh, we've had really good luck with kale, um, lettuce. Um, we've done um, cucumbers. We, had, we did cucumbers last year. We probably got 24 cucumbers out of one of these last year uh, that we set up. Um, we've also done... Um, a lot of herbs. We've done uh, basil. Man, we grow basil like it's going out of style. And a lot of our product that we get, um, students have first dibs on them, but then we take it to the cafeteria. We've got a phenomenal cafeteria. So I brought them like a dish pan full of basil one day. And they're like, what are we going to do with that? I said, that's your problem. There it is. So they made uh, basil tomato pizza one day. 
and they're awesome about, you know, uh, today's uh, basil was provided by the ag, ag department. Um, they've also done uh, kale and chopped up fresh kale to have with lettuces at the salad bar and things like that. So, so they're really good about using stuff. Dill grows crazy. Um, I had so much dill, I didn't know what I was doing with it. But um, so a lot of herbs and stuff. Seeds, I get um, from the from Tractor Supply. I get them from Walmart. Um, I'll order some online. Actually, that might be part of my problem. Is I have this bin of seeds that. I don't know, 15 years ago, I wrote somebody and sent them 10 bucks and I got a box of seeds. You know what I mean? So so that might be my germination problem as well. But the beans are are new beans because I ran out of my my old beans. But um, <clears throat> so, um, you know, wherever you can get the seeds, you know, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, you don't want to grow anything that's rooted like carrots, beets, radishes. They, they don't grow well. Um, but um uh, lettuce does really well. We don't do head lettuce. We do like a romaine lettuce because we can get several cuttings, right? We can cut that and it'll grow back and we can cut it again. The more you cut it, the more bitter it's going to taste. So you can get usually two, maybe three cuttings off from them, uh, harvest, and then we pull them out, we clean them. Uh, my maintenance staff built a wash rack uh, to put the individual cans on and I bought a power washer just to wash these because it was so difficult, not difficult, but um, cumbersome. I got a big shop sink and we'd wash them in there with hot soapy water. And then I went out and I bought a power washer, just a little electric one. And we can do it right in the greenhouse. And we, uh, the rack that they made uh, for me will fit all seven, um, all six cans at once. So we can wash one with a power washer and it just power washes it and cleans it right off. So it's easy maintenance as well. Um, I haven't had any issues with any of my light bars or anything like that. So really pumps is the only thing, a pump mechanical. Um, I did have an issue with, with one of my timers at first and uh, they're really good. And he sent me a new one right away. So. So, and when you buy the kit, it, it's going to, for, for everyone listening, it's, it's going to come with everything to start you off. And so if you're just getting started and you're not going to you're not going to be implementing s- such a widespread project like Mel has currently, you're you're going to be able to get started. I mean, it has seeds and everything with it. Um, but the best part is is it's such a quick turnaround that you can experiment with seeds. The worst thing that happens is they they don't work well. Um, I never tried beans. That sounds like fun. You can you can buy a cage that goes on the outside and I have a couple of cages as well, so we use those when we do cucumbers. So that it supports the plants. And so um, I, we tried tomatoes, cherry tomatoes, the sixth grade science teacher. And for some reason, we could not get those. They had all kinds of flowers. We could not get them to pollinate. We couldn't get fruit out of that. And she owns a greenhouse, like a commercial greenhouse and nursery and everything. And she's like, I can't get these things to, to do anything. And they were huge. They were like all over the floor. I mean, they they just kept growing, but we could not get those things to pollinate and uh, to grow fruit on them for anything. And meanwhile, in the greenhouse, I I had cucumbers, you know, great big, huge cucumbers. So, in the book that comes with the grow tower, it kind of tells you like, here's some things that work really well, and here's the things to stay away from. So that right there, if you're not a great plant person, like for me. I didn't have to go Google. Like I didn't have to try to figure it out. I I knew where to start. Um, and then like Mel said, you get to, you get six, you know, some success and then you feel great about it. And then you, you feel more comfortable to try something different. So um, you mentioned a little bit of the upkeep um, for, for people that don't know what, like, what are you pressure washing off of there? So there will be, um, so we disassemble them about every two to three cycles you know two to three classrooms um that we move them into so we'll we'll pull the baskets out and so just with the fertilizer and that sort of stuff there's um there's uh like a it looks like calcium buildup but but it just sprays right off with the power washer in the hot sink um there's there's also um if you don't do a good job when you're pulling the baskets out um 
the the roots get in there and get it entwined and stuff with with everything so <clears throat> we'll do uh two setups and then we'll bring it back down here um to the ag room and we'll take it apart in the greenhouse and, and spray it down and um we may it all depends on what it looks like i mean i've seen some that um are green with algae and stuff because um you know they have the basket in there wrong or something like that and so water is spilling out you know what i mean instead of having it contained but i've had them running several months and there's no algae buildup inside of it because it's kind of a closed system you know what i mean so you know there's not an algae buildup or anything like that so it's just more of the from the fertilizer like a white crust that's on it uh, and uh and so that just sprays right off and then the rest so, is roots and stuff. Yeah, and it's it's pretty easy. I mean, I think I I think we clean ours one time in a year in in a school year time, um, and we just cleaned it once. And it, I mean, it. I don't know. It it actually was the easiest piece of equipment I owned, and I had a large shop, and I did more maintenance in the shop than I did on this stick and grow tower, and. Even if you don't touch test the pH all the time, like they're not going to die immediately. So they're, I think they're a lot easier to mess with than actual plants in soil. So um, I hope people find some success like you did. But and you don't have to come in on the weekend to water them. Exactly. <laughs> and everything's <laughs> or, on or the, the vacation. Like one time, come in, toss a hose in it. You know my. My cleaning lady will go through and make sure that they all have water during breaks because they're here. Um, so, because I try to get rid of my animals, I have an animal lab with rabbits and chinchillas and that sort of stuff. And so, I try to get rid of them. Students will take those home for breaks. So, the other thing I have is the hydroponic systems. And the ones that are out in elementary classes, they take care of them while they're there. So, they come in and, or their cleaning people will make sure that they're filled and topped off. And, so you've talked a little bit about like keeping the plants alive are pretty user friendly, adding the the nutrients. How often do you guys usually have to add? Um, usually like every other every 10 days is we'll add some more. And so that's what uh, we also have a gallon jug pitcher. And so um, because you never want to put the fertilizer directly into there, you want to mix it up a little bit. So um, when you're mixing a gallon, you want to put, uh, I believe it's 100 milliliters of A into a gallon of water, mix it up, pour it in, and then of B, mix it up into a gallon of water and then pour it in. So part of that bucket that each classroom gets, they get a gallon pitcher as well so that they can, you know, go down, to, go over to the sink and they can get it. So it's really all encompass of everything they need for running it. So other tips and tricks that you you want to share um, with using your your hydroponic systems? We've covered um, quite a bit of it. Yeah, so, um, you know, follow the directions. The, the information that they send you with them, uh, they're really easy to understand. I had eighth graders put them together the first year that I, or one of the years that I had them, <clears throat> and I gave them the directions, and they're really easy. Read the directions is because I put them together and I started using them, and I was like, well, I don't know what, you know what I mean? It, true male fashion. And then I look and I was like, oh, it's right there. And they're not, it's not like a book. You know what I mean? It's like a little pamphlet that you can go through pretty easily. And it's really down to earth and it's it's easy to read, easy for kids to do as well. So um, read the directions. If you have any questions, you know, always revert back to that, that pamphlet. Um, there's lots of sources out there that, you know, for funding for them. Like I said, we because we're using them in our elementary classes, um, we used a Living to Serve grant this year. Our alumni uh, wrote a grant through National FFA because one of the grants is for $5,000. Um, and it, you uh, get moved to the top of the line if it has something to do with plants. And so we bought four of these uh, with, with that $5,000 grant from them. So... Um, and then our FFA bought one and said to our alumni, hey, we're going to buy one. Will you guys match it and buy one, too? And so that's kind of how we uh, funded them. Um, and it was awesome that I was able to have my students with their SAE to fill out the grant applications. 
you know, the one for the uh, living to serve. They filled it out and they submitted it. They were so excited when they got that email that it got accepted. And so that was really cool for them to see that process and all the reports. Um, you know, I got some really great kids that are doing this. So um, we they would get the emails when the quarterly reports were due or the half year report was due. And uh, I'd be like, uh, did somebody fill out that report two weeks ago? We got in the email. Yep, it's done. So it was it was really great for them too. A great learning experience as, as part of that process as well. And the, I think the best part about it too is that you don't have to have a greenhouse to have these. Um, oh. ob obviously, since you're rolling them down to elementary classrooms, um, it's perfect for any setting and it's really mobile. So um, it really breaks down those limitations that, you know, if you're struggling at teaching plant science even, um, and you don't have a greenhouse, here's maybe a really good option for you. So um, Mel, you've shared a lot of good information. Um, you have a lot of awesome materials in the show notes. So make sure you guys go check that out. If people have um, more questions and they want to get in contact with you, um, what's the best way they can reach you? Uh, probably email is going to be best. Um, and I'll add that the the link that I uh, that I shared with you um, is um, is to Google Drive, so I'll add my email into that as well. But um, email uh, m phelps at lowville, which is l o w v i l l e academy dot org, um, and uh, so that's probably the best way to get a hold of me is uh, is via email. So um, with any questions, I don't know if I can answer them all, but I can. Send you to Dwayne or somebody else that can I can hook you up with the right right answer. <laughs> well, we appreciate you sharing um, all about hydroponics on our podcast. Um, I I can see that Brianna's been taking some notes, so um, I'm sure I'm sure we're going to see something uh, in in her world soon too. And I and I know people will be inspired by what you have. So thanks. Absolutely, not a problem. Thank you. Um, for those of you listening and watching, make sure you like here by the all podcast and Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you want exclusive content, you can head on over to Patreon and become a subscriber there as well. Thanks for listening.